All right, everybody, welcome back to Live from the Hammock. I'm here with Trey this week. Travis is out. He's got some uh, doing some family stuff today. So it's just a, yeah. just two of us today. So a um, lot to talk about. So we'll just get right to it. Um, the first thing we're going to talk about, obviously, is the what came down. I think it was what this morning, uh, the Deshaun Watson suspension. He gets 11 games. Uh, it's fined five million dollars. Um, it's not the full season the NFL had wanted, but uh, with 11 games, it appears that um, that now I'm not sure. I don't know. Does this count the bye week? Because the bye week's not counting. It's not technically a game, right? So that's, that's, a, that's a good question. I was not wondering. Sure how that, I, how about, works. It's like, do the, do the bye weeks count because they don't play? So I'm like, is it games or is it just weeks? I, I have to do some more. It delving into that information but um he he provided a statement uh, i just kind of wanted to read that real quick he said i've always been able to stand on my own innocence and always said i've never assaulted or disrespected anyone but at the same point i have to continue to push forward with my life and career um then they said deshaun watson on why he's apologizing uh, for everybody that was affected by the situation there were a lot of people that were triggered um a lot of apparently a lot of people didn't take kindly to the fact that he said that people were triggered by uh his uh his actions or you know what, what he did and um outside of obviously a football but it's again this is i think the reason why he's getting 11 games is because like the judge in the previous uh in the in the case before it got sent to the nfl um appeals she had stated, you know, it, if it was if there was precedent, she would have given him more than ten games. It sounds like to me, based on her statement, based there was like there was enough evidence and a, a, a serial behavior from him that she would have given him more than the six games or whatever that it was. But because no other NFL player had gotten such a kind of suspension, she's like, I don't want to be the one to do that. It's just not how we do things when it comes to law. Um, so even you know the arbiter for the NFL, um, Mr. Harvey, basically found that you know it wasn't a full season's worth, but it definitely added on. What was it? Four more, five more games to the suspension. Um, this effectively ends the Brown season this year. That that, that effectively uh, maybe Jacoby Brissett can maybe win. I don't know, three or four games, but he's a backup. Backups can only really give you maybe four to five games a year at most. After that, um, that, you know, that's pretty much all they can really do for you. And what we see from Jacoby Brissett in the past, like I said, he's a decent quarterback, but he's not a starter in this in this league. And uh, now this kind of throws <laughs> into I know the rumors were going around last week about, you know, what could ha- possibly happen. But now it throws into, uh, I think, the, you know, put into the mix here. Do the Browns now trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> knowing that Deshaun Watson's going to be out for 11 games? You know, if they want to try to save their season, do you now go and pay what they would be paying, what, four quarterbacks? You know, if you include Baker Mayfield? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I don't like the Browns at this point have to assume, like, there's no without a, a decent quarterback. There's no way we can, with a healthy Ravens team, 
uh, a Steelers team that's got seems like it's got their guy or guys or whatever how that's going to work out a quarterback. They have a pretty good defense and offense there. Uh, and then you got still have the Bengals. There's no way I see the Browns even finishing above. I mean, they'll be they'll be in last place. Yeah, if the other three teams are in it, they'll be in the mix to try to get one. But the Browns at this point are in our fourth place. Now that the suspension is seems to be now it's final and stamped. He's going to be suspended for 11 games. Um, what do you think is I guess the outlook for the Browns this season? Do they, do they go ahead and try to salvage this this year, make a trade, or you think they you know what? Let's just go ahead and let's just kick the ball down the next season. Yeah, I mean, if if I'm the Browns, I mean, I'm I'm just gonna put my money on Jacoby at this point. I, I just don't see the value in losing um, losing a, a pick or whatever the case may be for 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 another quarterback. Um, because I mean, you're still going to have issue. You're going to have to deal with that same issue next year. I mean, it, it'll just be for you know, eleven games of the season, and now you're out of a pick or whatever you decide to trade. So I, I would just you know go all in on Jacoby for this year and see what happens. I mean, eleven games is kind of the best case scenario I can think of that the Browns actually got in terms of an appeal. Um, because I honestly I thought he was going to they were going to appeal and suspend him for the whole year. Um, but since they didn't, I mean, at that point, I I would just, you know, it just is what it is, and it's the Browns. It's, what's what's one more season of, of just hanging it up? I mean, they 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 can wait one more year, um, and then you know they'll be ready to compete next year, you know, depending on the circumstance. But I I don't think you trade for another you know for another quarterback or a Jimmy G or anything like that. But you know, who knows what their mentality is? Maybe they think that they can win now, or 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 you know, make some noise. I mean, I doubt it, but, you know, they still have a solid running game and, you know, that's always going to be, you know, that's always going to be a strength of theirs. So it's not like they're completely, you know, SOL because Deshaun's not there. I mean, they have other ways to win football games. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, I, I, I think in, in the AFC North, honestly, I think Jacoby Brissett might be enough with the type of game solid run game that they usually have to at least win a few games um i still think they're going to be on the bottom portion you know as far as the afc north as far as our division i I agree i think they're they're looking at probably fourth place right now but i wouldn't be surprised if they're like 500 or 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 close to that you know by by week 11 like I, i can still see them winning a few games um, with Jacoby, just just because he has the enough experience, at least, even though you know he's not like a true number one or anything, he still has enough experience to 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 manage a game and and, and make a couple splash plays here and there down the field. So you know, you never know. But I, I definitely wouldn't make a trade or or give anything up because I mean it's just going to be temporary anyway. I mean, whatever you get right. back for, whatever you trade away, you know, it's going to be pretty much uh, a useless scenario come week eleven. And, and so on so yeah I, if, if I'm the Browns I'm not giving nothing up I mean worst case scenario is you know they're horrible and they don't make the playoffs and you just gotta wait you know another year but um you know best case scenario they come out of this you know they get up till week 11 and the, you know they maybe they won half their games lost half of their games and they still in it so we'll see we'll see how it shakes up yeah, I mean, look, look at the Ravens last year, right? I mean, yeah, we had Lamar, but I mean, they lost like I don't know, 10, 11 players, and they were still eight and one. So I mean, look, any anything's possible in the NFL. You know, we've we've seen weirder things happen, right? So I mean, 
Browns still have Nick Chubb. They still got Kareem Hunt back there. Uh, he's still going to have a really good defense. Um, I, I expect the tight ends to get a lot of work. I expect Chubb and Hunt to just go off in the first, like go off this season mm-hmm. because they're going to lean heavily on that running game. I think for a lot of, a lot of their games, and the defense is going to have to get turnovers. They're going to have to provide get turnovers and try to shorten the field for Jacoby and you know limit the limit the opportunities he needs to go down the field like 70, 80 yards kind of stuff, you know, to get down the field. So if they can keep the field within like 40, 50, 40 yards, I think they, they're in a good shape. But um, at, at any point, I do think I said at some point during the season, the wheels will come off at some point. You know, he said, I think is again, I think he can get them five or six, but can he get them to like eight or nine is the question. Right. Um, and then also, again, that depends on what happens in the rest of AFC North. Guys getting hurt. Or you know, you know, teams not performing to expectations. So look, the season's not here yet, but look, weirder things have happened. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's out for eleven games, so I, I hope he gets the help he needs, um, and you know, works with a quarterback coach or something in the off season. Because apparently, I don't know if you, I watched some of the highlights from this past weekend. <laughs> he he didn't look good. You know, he, he looked heard, like. Yeah. He, in two years so i mean it's yeah. he's going to get some work in um even while he's out i was going to say i will i will say I, I i forgot about the whole uh kareem hunt requesting the trade and all of that that yeah. that might be one scenario where it might make sense to to make a trade to get somebody um you know if if he wants out and he's not willing to you know play or he's disgruntled or whatever the case may be if they can make a trade and get him you know offloaded and and maybe get a couple things back in return, including, you know, maybe a quarterback to get them through, then, you know, maybe that might be the one scenario that might make sense um, for them to make a trade. But, you know, if it's something they don't have to do, I'm, I'm still not pulling the trigger on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. So I think I think yeah. Kareem Hunt only has, I think he's got, uh, he'll be a free agent as of next year. So at, at the end of the season. So that would make sense. If, you're, if, 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 if anybody's, Pick, if anybody's calling the phone for the Browns, if I'm the Browns, I'm taking that call. Because mm-hmm. I mean, he, you can he can leave for nothing next at the end of the season, or you can get something for him. Because he's still uh, he's only been people forget he's only been in the league for six years. He's only 27. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's he's still got plenty of years, and he was I mean, he's been him behind Nick Chubb. I mean, they've had one of the best one-two punches in the NFL. So I'm like, there's got to be. A team out there that's starving for a running back that could use a Kareem Hunt. I'm I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So I, if I'm the Browns right now, you know, let's try to you know it's that mindset. We gotta we we, we understand what we gotta deal with this year with 11 games and our our starting quarterback is out. But you know, if we can build towards next season, then that's what we'll do. <laughs> you know, let's not right. let him walk and let's not let him just leave with for, for nothing. You know. Um, yep. Also wanted to, I didn't get it apparently didn't get a lot of media attention, but um, so I think it started last year. The uh, several of uh, the uh, black retired NFL players, former NFL players, had uh, filed a lawsuit against the NFL for race norming practices when it came to the concussion settlement. Um, they noticed that several of the uh, many of the black players uh, received less money or less uh, benefits or whatever from that settlement um, because of certain, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess they say, uh, certain 
categories or certain uh, stuff that was put into determining what the effect of everybody's each apparently each person's concussion was treated differently or the effect of the concussion was treated differently and they found out about I think last year or the year before that the NFL had basically deemed black players mind you people this is 2022 this is this this apparently this practice was put in within recent years so it's not like something that was put in in like 1942 or something like that this is fairly recent put policies in place that basically stated black players were already at a lower form of brain cognitivity or brain function so that a concussion wouldn't deter or wouldn't like limit or like greatly decrease their ability to uh whether like go through society and things like that so they were given less money so they were already in scientific they put it in scientific terms but in layman's terms they said these black players are already Mm -hmm. stupid so Mm -hmm. we don't need to pay them any more money because well the concussions didn't really hurt them anyway because they're already dumb so it, it baffles me for the first I'm glad they won the lawsuit I'm glad they won the lawsuit however I noticed like when it came when the, when the I got the alert and I was just checking the channels just to see you know if ESPN or NFL Network or anybody else was reporting nobody said anything nobody said anything about it they just kind of nope. well yeah whatever it just brushes under the rug and I'm like for people to say, clearly state that there's no racism or no kind of uh, favoritism or whatever in the NFL, this case proved it. Hands yeah. down, the case proved all the black players received less money than their. I mean, I mean, with a, yeah. with a league that's most that's seventy almost seventy percent black, and almost mm-hmm. all of the black players received almost. It's significant. Now I'm not talking about a few dollars. I think significant money than their white counterparts. Yeah. Just like you know, the fact that is the fact that this practice was even going on was like this should be again. But again, the NFL is an independent organization. They are they don't they're not governed by anybody. They're allowed to do whatever they want to do. Um, the owners run the league. And, you know, because of this, the money and the power they have in a lot of the cities of these certain states and the senators that work these that, you know, run for election in these states, you know, they, they don't want to, you know, tick off the owners. I'll move the team, you know, kind of thing. So it's it, it, it's it's it, I'm glad again, glad they won the case. But the fact that they even had to go to court, the fact that this was even done, the fact that they even they thought this was a good idea to do this practice. And they weren't going to get caught doing it. That that's that's my that's the arrogance, like the the, the gall <laughs> yeah. of NFL owners and executives to think this was going to be this was going to be oh, that, that black players weren't going to notice. Yeah, it's super yeah. crazy. It's it's super crazy. Like when I first saw the story, I almost like you said, I I didn't know. I'm like. Like you said, in 2022, like there's something from 2022 because it sounds ridiculous when you read the story. Yeah. But just the fact that people could actually believe that, you know, you can just be born with less cognitive ability because you're black. Like that just makes 
completely no sense and that just sounds like something from an era that you you would have thought that we've moved on from but obviously you know with not just this story obviously you know with, with, with everything else that's going on we, we clearly have not um but yeah it's it just kind of a weird just whatever the process was with determining these payouts in the first place it just seems kind of weird that they're paying people out based on um you know what the decrease in you know or what the impact of the concussion or whatever the dimension you know whatever the, whatever the issue was mm-hmm. they're, they're going off of the levels that you've had versus what it's gone down to i mean it shouldn't even have gotten to a racial point but to me if you're impacted you're impacted why are we saying this person was impacted more this person was impacted less like that to me what are we are we really going getting down to that detail to to identify the specific dollar amount that each person gets Mm -hmm. like if you're impacted you're impacted I, i don't see the additional research outside of just it being for just research that we need to actually put a price tag on the the way you were impacted versus the next man so i think it definitely left open doors for 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 these you know racist uh ideals to to just flaunt themselves like the the report literally just makes no sense like as as i was reading it it, it just it, it sounds like something from the from 1960s or something like it just sounds it, it doesn't sound like 2022 at all like you said but um like you said i'm i'm also glad that they won but clearly there's a lot of dollars that have been circulating or getting thrown around for this story not to be uh, a little bit more blatant and 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 as, a, as like a top story because like I said this is this is crazy and if, and if the majority of the NFL fan base knew about this story I don't think it would be you know it, it wouldn't be that good for them so they're, they're obviously paying somebody because you, you can't see them talking about this story on any network I haven't seen it on NFL Network ESPN um, none of the major sports platforms. So, um, if you don't look it up, you might not even know about it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's just just a sad situation. But like I said, I'm glad they won the suit and and you know the NFL just they they just they just got to do better. Like this this is this is not this is not a good look. This is like one of those you know another stain on the league. And, it, it just, yeah, you know, it just keeps going. It, it, every time you keep looking up and like the NFL tries to put a band aid on, you know. The clear racism and that they have in the in the actual league, and then stuff like this pops up, and it's like it's like first it's like they don't care about the players, but now it's like now they don't care about specific players, you know. And it's like like you so you said it's a 1960s like you don't have to you have to go back further than that like I mean like the 18 like the slavery days, yeah. yeah, When they used when when they did phrenology when they you actually used to study. When they said, oh, because black people's skulls were either smaller, they were smaller or had dimples or had certain shapes so they can't comprehend certain things. That was a debunked study of like, I mean, in the early 1800s, a debunked study. They were trying to use that as a scientific method to explain why they were enslaving black people in the United States. Of why. Mm -hmm. And this is the same idea the, reincarnated. The same, same thing. It's literally the same thing the NFL did. Basically saying, "Oh, well, black people are already dumb, so let's, uh, you know, it didn't really hurt them that bad, so let's not get them the same payout." And it's like, really? Come on! Like yeah. we're in 2022 with the NFL, but again, the NFL just <laughs> here we are getting ready to start the season, right? You got the Deshaun Watson case coming down. 
You got mm-hmm. the this lawsuit now coming down with the NFL. I mean, with the being settled uh, with the uh, retired players. However, guarantee and look, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna front. I'm I'm be there week one. Week one comes, I'm watching TV. Like it's it's one of those things where it's like it's it's the NFL shows like being a fan of the NFL shows like the nuance in life, right? Like it shows that, you know, people are like, how can you support a league that does this to its players and stuff? And it's like, I mean, I, I tune in every week. So, I mean, it's <laughs> it's, yeah, it's one I of mean, those things. Like the it's players got to make a living too. And that's the, that's the part, right? So it's like, well, there, there are plenty of, I can't tell that while there, there's this story. I mean, how many stories do we hear of uh, several of these uh, black men being able to support their families and not their families, but maybe bring up their neighborhoods with the money that they've earned? you know, to give the money back to their community. So, I mean, there's plenty of great stories you can take from the the careers that these guys have had and the impact they have had on, especially black, young black men. Right. I, mean, so, I, mean, I, I don't know if you saw re, like the, the past, uh, unless last two weeks they've been showing, the Ravens have been showing like on their Twitter page, like when the, the players coming out of like, I guess the bubble area, when they're doing like the mm-hmm. indoor training yep. and like yep. Lamar is coming down and all, like you see all these black kids all these yeah. black kids just like going nuts and i'm like i don't think other people understand the impact of seeing especially in baltimore right. having a black quarter right. a, a, not just a black quarterback we had steve mcnair but having an all-star mvp like face of the league quarterback in in baltimore it's like they said when ray lewis was playing uh they said when ray lewis was playing on sunday crime would stop because people were people were watching ray lewis play football yeah. that's the kind of impact it has so, I mean, it's like, again, there are a lot of great stories that come out of these uh, young black men that uh, provide for their families and provide for their communities. But at the same time, um, sadly, like any other corporation, I mean, it's not just the NFL, like any other corporation, they got stains on them as well. So, um, again, glad they won the case. I wouldn't be surprised if something, something else pops up. I'm pretty sure there's some other stuff they're doing under the table that haven't found yet. But we'll, we'll, it will come up at some point. Yeah. Um, next, we'll move to uh, Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, uh, not happy with his wide receivers right now. Um, <laughs> um, he kept telling his receivers, "You keep dropping the ball. You're not going to be. You're not. You keep dropping the ball. You're not going to be out there." Um, and uh, a lot of people have been. Even Shannon Sharp on Undisputed made a comment saying, you know, he's been talking. He had, I think they did, he did like a, when a player's after the, after practice, you know, talk to the media and stuff. And he was just saying, you know, guys has got to play better. You know, guys got to do this and that. And it's like, um, Shannon was like, I don't have a problem with what he said. It's when he said it. He's like, because for guys that play football and guys that make mistakes like that, he's like, look, those, those guys, those receivers know they dropped the ball. They know they should have been in that spot. They know they missed that. They, they, they missed that route when they were supposed to hit this certain way. Like, but you don't right. say that to the media. You don't say that in public. It's like, yeah. you know, if you're going to the public, you're like, look, you know, you say, we, 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 we as a team need to get better. We need to do this. We need to do that. And then when the cameras go away, you're going to, Hey, pull them to the side. Like, Hey, cause he said like, uh, John Elway would pull him to the if he missed something in that last game or dropped a few passes or missed a certain route and they would watch film. John would talk to him, like, Hey, man, I need you to I need you to hit this route, man. I need you to do that. You need to play better. He would do that 
in in practice and you know during film study would not do it ever during the game really like you couldn't see him or in front of camera in front of the, in front of the media because that's not doesn't send the right message right. to the to the players these are this is these aren't these aren't your veteran wide receivers he's not that's not donald driver out there it's not greg jennings it's not Devontae adams out there anymore these are a lot of guys that are very unproven and going they're only a week away now from the season you got to give them as much confidence as they can get to go into they don't know what to expect from themselves when the season starts you know a lot of them playing in green bay at lambeau field is hollowed ground it's a it's a different kind of environment from where a lot of these guys came from so therefore if you're aaron Rodgers is out there tending to the media i don't trust these guys and you know i'm not trusting these guys to make big plays and it's like they're gonna kind of go out there and you know just they're not gonna. They're not gonna feel confident in, the, in their when they when the ball's coming to them. They're gonna be like, "Where we were more worried about just you know disappointing Aaron or making it a catch or am I gonna? He's gonna yell at me when I get off the field and stuff like that kind of thing." Like, right? It's it's a certain like they said. I think it's becoming more apparent that Aaron Rodgers is not necessarily a great leader when he's out there on the field. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but it sounds like to me that Aaron it seems to be more about Aaron. And yeah. um, it right now does not bode well for the Packers. I know they're paying him a buttload of money right now, but um, the way it's gonna, it sounds like it's gonna be a rough start to the season. And yeah. Aaron, Aaron, from what I've seen, likes to deflect and likes to point the finger at everybody else. And um, it, it could get. It, it's already it's already contentious between I'm pretty sure just because he paid him the money doesn't mean he has good feelings towards the front office right now. And I'm assuming that, you know, as the season goes, if the Vikings make a step forward, if the Lions start making a step forward and start eating into some of those uh, what should be, you know, sure wins for the for the, the Packers this year. If they, you know, are starting if they're at 500 or they're below 500 by the time their bye week hits, it could get it could get real spooky. Over there in Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's just, this is kind of, you know, we see, you always see someone's true self when things aren't going their way. And, um, you know, like you said, Rodgers got the deal he wanted, but, you know, they traded Devontae Adams away. And I yeah. think the way that he's talking about his receivers in the media, the way he is, I mean, I think he's just sending a message to the organization, to be honest. I mean, he this is just clearly just him wanting the organization to know how how displeased he was with their, you know, the decision and them trading away Devontae. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you played a role in them trading away Devontae. You had to pick, you had to get your money. I mean, Devontae probably wasn't going to get his uh, the next season. So, you know, mm-hmm. decisions had to be made. But, yeah, I mean, this is just like, this is, we're, we're at like, we're, this is like retired Aaron Rodgers before he's retired. Like, he's in retirement yeah. mode, I, w- I would say, because he, he clearly, um, he, he just has this untouchable kind of mood about him now where he can literally say and do whatever he wants and he knows there's not really going to be any repercussions because he's the leader of the team. He just signed this massive three-year, $50 million a year deal. Um, he's really, you know, just just day by day, not given you know you know what like he does not care at this point and so he's just going to tell you how he feels now um you know he's definitely you know you're going to be frustrated 
losing Devontae Adams, and now you got a whole bunch of new receivers that you got to work with on a daily basis, and things are not just automatic as you expect them to be. Things are not clicking. You don't even really have a leader wide receiver on the team that can kind of, you know, take that role either. Um, you lost all of that when Devontae Adams got traded. So this is just, you know, this is just entitled, spoiled Brad Aaron Rodgers. And I think, you know, him talking about his receivers in public is really just a shot at, the, you know, the organization, the owners, mm-hmm. the GM, you know, GMs. I think he's just, that that's just his way of um, letting them know because he's definitely not trying to motivate them. You know, a lot of times you can say things in the media and some players will use it as some kind of like motivation almost when he when they speak it. But there's a way that they do it to where it makes sense. And to me, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, belittling his, his receivers, um, I, I don't think that's going to rub anybody the right way. And it's just going to be a free brawl. To me, it seems like he's just going to be out there doing what he wants. He's going to, you know, I guess try to have fun, but... I don't see where, you know, like you said, well, like I said earlier, just as far as when things are not going your way and you just kind of see people's true selves, like, I I think this is Aaron Rodgers' true self. I think he's always been this way. I just think now at his age and his stage of his career and on the top of a new three-year deal, I think, you know, you're going to get the full version of who he really is. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's showing now. I mean, it's showing now, so. I, I think that's pretty much what that's all about. But I, I don't think that's fair to the receivers. Um, you know, I, I, if he said it, like you said, what Shannon Sharp said, if he said it to them at camp, which is, that's the place for it, you know, in practice at the moment or in practice meetings or whatever, that's one thing. But yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't do that in camp, especially, you know, a couple of weeks from the, from the regular season. I mean, you're just putting a target on your backs. Like, you know, they, what kind, you can't go into the season you know, with zero confidence, with the receivers having zero confidence in themselves. I mean, they, they, they're going to get picked apart. And you're going to look crazy in the process. So it doesn't really benefit anybody by publicly, you know, shaming them to the media. So it, it's a lose-lose, but it's, it, it seems like it's just more of, you know, Aaron Rodgers' personality coming out in times where it just seems to be inconvenient for everybody but himself. Like right now, it seems to be okay with the Packers fans for now because you know they did get, they at least did get to the divisional playoff last year and lost. Um, but if they don't make the postseason this year, if the Vikings take that spot, you know I don't see the Bears or the Lions. But I think the I think definitely the the way the Lions played hard last year, I think they can definitely they could steal a game from the Packers this year. I would not be surprised by that. Um, he usually owns them, but if they, it, again, if for fans, I think they like the new Aaron because he's you know, if you're a Packer fan, you like because he's more vocal. However, when the season gets going and you know he he continues to keep talking the way he's talking, it could get real old real quick with those fans. Um, again, the Packers are used to a certain standard, and you know, it's back-to-back MVP. So, you know, they expect him to, to ball out. And if he's out there pointing, pointing the finger, the fans will be pointing it right back at him. Like, well, you yeah. know, you can blame the wide receivers all you want, but you're Aaron Rodgers. You're supposed to be Aaron Rodgers, right? Back-to-back MVP, you know, he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. Like, what do you – what's what, you, need to, you need to will this team to a win. And, you know, like you said, at this point in Aaron's career, does he really care right. about willing the team to a win? You know, does he really care? You know, who knows? But – um. 
So that, that's look, we, we won't we won't have to wait long. The week one is almost here, you know. So the season gets started soon. But um, we're going to talk about the the preseason game, the first preseason game against the Tennessee Titans that the Ravens played last Thursday. Um, so from what I took from it, you know, you know, we all know that Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's going to play a single single game in this preseason. Um, uh, they already announced he's not playing this Sunday against the Cardinals. Um, uh, Tyler Huntley did look, you know, good for a backup out there. He held his own while he was out there. He played pretty well. Um, some things that I noticed out there, they had Falele out there playing a lot. Uh, he got a lot of snaps out there. Uh, Jawan James looked decent at left tackle for a guy that hasn't really played a position. He didn't look terrible out there. Uh, he right. looked okay. He looked like, I mean, some more work, he could be okay. Um, also noticed uh, uh, like Isaiah Likely clearly just like, I mean, I don't know what it is about the Ravens and the second tight end that they draft because yeah. <laughs> Pitta was the second tight end that they drafted and he ended up being the best one. And same thing with Isaiah Likely. Col- uh, Charlie Collar- Collaire has been out, I don't know, since what, the week two or week one of training camp. He's been out. Um, yeah, been but he hasn't really played. So Isaiah Likely has been out there. But, I mean, he, he was phenomenal. He had that one juke out there in open field. Oh that gives God. you that <laughs> that kind of hope out there. It's just like you got a tight end that can move. Like you know, yeah. I mean, Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews is good, but he's like a big guy. He just kind of rolls through guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah likely, you know, has a more of a, a slimmer frame and can move. Like he yeah. took that Duke play and got another five, six yards out of that play. Um, yep. He looked really good. Shamar Bridges, the wide receiver out of Fort <sighs> Valley State, made a phenomenal touchdown catch. He made a couple catches. Um, a few good catches, yeah. A few good catches. Everyone. <laughs> he's what six four, two hundred pounds. So I'm like, you know, he he could be a guy that you know they're looking for either that fourth or fifth wide receiver slot. He could be a guy that gets that. Um, Polk was another guy out there that made some decent plays. the uh, The offensive side made some decent plays for the most part. Mike Davis looked good out there running back. Um, I know he made a comment last week. They asked him, what do you see your role is on this offense? And he was like, I honestly can't tell you. And honestly, I think he was correct because I don't even think the Ravens really know. (laughs) Right now, I like, you know, the Ravens running back room is kind of full right now. You got J.K. Dobbins. You still got Gus Edwards that, you know, you know, uh, trying to heal. Uh, You got Patrick Ricard in there. You still got Ben Mace. You're carrying two fullbacks right now. Um, you, you still got Justice Hill back there. You still got um, uh, what's his name, T- Tyler Batty that they drafted. Tyler Batty, yep. Now, Mike Davis, you got you got several of these guys in that in that room. So I'm like, he's like, I don't know where I'm going to fit in. Like he's the Ravens are going to seem like it sounds like they're going to run, they're going to run like a the Patriots kind of offense in that run game, where it's yeah. going to be like J.K. will be the star, and then they're just kind of until Gus gets back, just kind of rotate who's number two. Based on based on the, the matchups and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's um, gonna be tough. <laughs> yeah, be he tough. looked good on the defensive side. Uh, Travis Jones looked really good. He was getting that interior pressure that we expected from him, so he was doing well. Um, uh, Odafe Owe looked really good out there. They say he's been tearing up in practice. Like he's been, yeah. he's been because he's been working with Calais Campbell, but it showed out there. I think in the preseason game, he was getting out there. Um, Malik Harrison, uh, I know it was only preseason, 
but I liked what I saw from him over uh, in that in that game, and especially in the second half, he was flying all over the field. I think he was the one even forced yeah. to fumble that Kyle Hamilton. Got. Yeah, I think I think it was him. Yeah. When you look back yeah. at the video, I looked back to the replay, and it looked like that was his. That, that was Willie Harrison yeah. did it. So um, you know they're expecting a lot from him, him and Patrick Queen this season. You know, considering of where they drafted Queen and you know Malik Harrison coming out of Ohio State. They're expecting a lot more from them, you know, in this, you know, this season. Uh, I think they're both going into their fourth year, so they look good. Uh, Pepe Williams, uh, cornerback, um, he almost had a pick six. Almost had a yeah. pick six. Yeah, <laughs> on the sideline, right? Yeah. yeah, he almost yeah. had a pick six. And then he looked good in the return game, too. He looked good in the punt return game. Um, yeah. So there, Geno Stone was out there. I, I was glad to see him back out there. Um, 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 I wish they kind of had him more with the first team or second team, because uh, he was a he was a pretty good player last year. So I was kind of surprised he didn't come, get in until like close to the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. But they they had the they the the guys we wanted to see play well played well. Uh, Kyle Hamilton did have a few missed tackles here and there, um, but they said when you look at the film of you know him in coverage. He didn't look lost out there. He knew where where he needed to be. He knew where to go. Um, it's going to take some time for him to be, be like the star, you know, strong safety in that de- in this defense, which is why I think Chuck Clark and Tony Jefferson are still there. Um, but I think it also is going to allow Kyle to kind of, at least for this season, I don't know how long it's going to last this season or it does last the whole season, kind of let him operate more in the box. Per se, more yeah. in the box for him, uh, kind of play that Troy Palomalo kind of safety. <laughs> you know, we're just kind of roaming around the box and playing the flats yeah. and anything over five yards, kind of in the middle kind of area. Let him do that. I would say he looked decent in coverage, but they said, you know, in practice, he's had moments where, you know, guys have gotten past him and things like that. So, but again, I think that's not his role. That's going to be Marcus Williams' job, you know, um, yeah. or play free safety. Uh, Tony Jefferson, like you said, I think before, when we did our show before the game, <laughs> mentioned that he hadn't uh, <laughs> he hadn't been wearing his glasses or the right prescription for the last couple of years. Was finally wearing them, and we saw the one play where uh, oh, uh, Malik, I think Malik Willis threw like a, a just threw a, a sky ball up there, and Tony Jefferson looking around like where where am I supposed to be? And then the and guy then the ended up catching. I'm like. Yeah, and the team yeah, kind I'm of like, yelled on the play. It was that was a weird play. It was <laughs> a weird play. That's the play that they had. Right, and I was like, I think we were texting in our group, and it was just like, man, did he forget his contact for the game already? He, he thought he was yeah. good, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but for the most part, look, I, I did like what I saw. I know Tylen Wallace got hurt on that reverse play that they ran. Um, uh, of all of all people to give the reverse to, I, I just don't yeah. think Tylen Wallace is. The reverse guy, um, yeah. Maybe because I'm just used to seeing Duke do it, but I, yeah, I don't know. And I don't it's, know. I, just, it's, I just wish he had opportunities, you know, being yeah. a, being a regular receiver um, in that game. But they, they just got that out the way early, and it, it didn't didn't work out. It's a little concerning, you know. The wide receiver room has been banged up all training camp, right? Rashad Bateman was out for a little bit. Duvernay's been. I think he's back now. He was back this week. Um, Crochet's been out for a little bit, and Tyler Wallace is out for I don't know, at least a week or two. So I mean, you, it's, it's it was nice to see guys like I said like Polk and Bridges like show out in the preseason game, but it just kind of goes to show they were like outside of Bateman, you know, who's really the the guy, 
after Bateman. You know, it kind of can be right. depend on the depend on the week. So the Ravens don't really have a dependable right now, a dependable number two they can really put out there week to week basis out of you know. So I don't know if yeah. And from what I've heard in camp, um, the offense has still kind of been struggling out there. The defense has been playing well, but um, I mean, I, you can you can clearly see that the the wide receivers are still getting open. Like the Keith Williams and T. Martin have clearly been working with these guys. You can tell there's definitely a difference in how they're running their routes and stuff like that. However, um, they're, they're not separating themselves from each other, where it's making it very difficult for the Ravens to pick. Like, yeah, after once we get rid of Hollywood, it was like, who can yeah. really pick number two? I mean, it could be Duvernay, but it could be Prochet too at number two. Like, we, I don't know, yeah. you know. And then when you get past number two, it really gets really more cloudy. Who can be three and four? Like, I, I don't know. It really depends. Like, it's one right. of those things where it's like, do we keep British? Do we keep Polk? Do we keep one on the practice squad? Like, you know, what are we going to do here? And it's like, you know, Lamar, I feel like it's going to where he's going to be, if Bateman's not there, he's going to, I mean, li- it's going to be likely an Andrews, you know, or working those, working those running backs into the, into the fold and getting them the ball. You know, I feel yeah. like that's what it, where this, all this passing offense is going to look like a lot. You know, Bateman's yeah. going to get the majority of the targets at wide receiver, but outside of that, you know, depending on how, you know, the packages and how often they're on the field and the play. And again, again, I'll, I'll keep, I'll say this every episode, Greg Roman's the one making the calls, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was one play I think they had in the game where uh, it was a missed play. It was a missed pass. I think it was supposed to be to, um, to likely, but there were two other receivers in the same area, all within mm-hmm. five yards of each other. Like we had this, the same problem lat- the last two seasons. The same problem where these guys are running their routes, but the routes are all in the same spot. Like, what do you want? We, they're not, they're not, there's no levels. There's no nothing. There's no spreading the field out. They're all running to the same area. So I'm like, yeah. I, I, again, a lot of this offense really going to be based on how, how healthy these running backs are going to be and the tight end play for the Ravens. I, I'm not counting yeah. on the wide receivers unless Odell walks through that door or they get Will Fuller or something, or they make a trade before week one or something like that. As of right now, I'm not counting on the wide receivers to be, you know, the, the X factors for this offense. I like I yeah. like what I saw. Again, I think this offense, this offense, the play calling from this offense just doesn't seem to benefit. Why wide receivers weren't coming here in the offseason? They, I think it shows, it's showing <laughs> why wide receivers yeah. weren't coming here. I- it, I, I I will say uh, coming in well let's just say pre the first game like before um, week one in the preseason I I was kind of right I was kind of right there with you I didn't I wasn't really that optimistic about our receiver situation at all um, especially like you said just finding a clear number number two or even clear number three and four receivers I, you know it, it's up in the air and I think it's still up in the air but after that preseason game I will say. And I, I loved almost everything that I saw. I mean, from offense, defense, special teams, I, the, our new punter. I, from top to bottom, I kind of loved everything that I saw. But the receivers did win that day. I mean, the receivers, yeah. they, they won the day on just what impressed me the most. I mean, in, off, yeah. in the offensive line as well, um, for the most part, after they settled down a bit. Um, but the receivers, they just had a great, great night. Like, the ball never hit the ground. For the most part of the whole game, 
Yeah, there were no bad drops, right? It was yeah, like, and if, it, if it was, it was something that was, you know, highly contested. It wasn't. There were no like drops. Like he never, he never let the ball hit the ground. Right. All of the receivers looked pretty great. I mean, they, you know, we're gonna have to figure out um, over the next couple of weeks, like you said, who's gonna be that two, three, and four. But I mean, it's one of those good problems right now, as, as it seems. We're we're gonna see because I mean, obviously, consistency is everything. But you know, I. I, I just feel good about uh, what I saw from Likely, um, what I saw from Shamar Bridges, and even the other receivers. I was still impressed that, you know, coming out your first game in the NFL to play that well um, and that early on. To me, I, I was I was impressed. I'm not as worried as, as I was, I don't think, just because I just feel like, you know, that, that just gives them that much more confidence to have a game the way they had. Um, it, it was damn near the best that you could ask for in a, in a week one preseason game from from a team um, from a receiver group especially so I'm, I'm I'm not mad at what I saw and I think um, you know I'm just looking forward to seeing them kind of build on that but yeah the Ravens are going to have some tough decisions to make uh, because like you said that's a not only the running back room is crowded but the receiver room is crowded as well mm-hmm. so it's going to be interesting to see what direction they go um, but either way, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to feel away with whoever they decide to, to not keep because, like I said, it, it, it was a lot of guys out there on that field making plays. Um, was that Thursday night? So yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're we're going to see. I, I'm I'm kind of torn with, uh, you know, just all of the talent that we have. Because like I said, even even from the running backs, I like uh, kind of like the way Batty runs as well. Like, I kind of yeah. like his, his his style um in the backfield as well. Uh, Mike Davis, you know, he looked good as well. But, you know, at some point we're going to get J.K. I mean, J.K. is most likely going to start week one. Uh, at some point we're going to get Gus back. I don't know when, probably later uh, than sooner. Um, and Justice didn't look bad either. So, you know, I I don't know, man. Like, it, I just I just like what I saw. But that that's always, you know one of those things where it makes it even more difficult for them to drill down to whenever we eventually get to a 53 like who's still going to be standing um, and from Likely um, obviously loved what I seen from Isaiah Likely probably one of the highlights um, him and Shamar offensively obviously but Likely he he just seems to get it like I mean he, yeah. he made he, he made contested catches right out the gate um I probably in the next few years I probably would want him to be a little bit bigger, just not 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 bigger to the point where he's slower or anything, but like a little bit more cut up. Um, but he he looked good, like he 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 looked good at the tight end position, and to be making moves like that, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see him and Mark Andrews on the field at the same time. Like I'm I'm just just wondering what that's going to do, and also in the back of my mind I'm like, damn it, here we go again. We got another good great tight end potential and mm-hmm. what is that going to do for Lamar and his development you know because like we we want to see Lamar get his balls to the receivers as well but you know we get another good uh, tight end in the draft which I, you know I'm thankful for but you know our receiver you know door is still in question will that be Shamar Bridges maybe I mean but we don't know yet but we'll see and then you know with Duve and Prochet so you know, it's just going to be it's going to be interesting. But I think, all in all, it's it's one of those good problems to have that we have. Um, you know, that they came out week one and pretty much everybody showed out. So 
you know the competition is going to be, you know, is going to be heating up soon in these next couple of weeks. And 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 I think that's going to definitely separate, you know, who's going to stay and who's going to go. But I think it's good that we have, that we've seen it on display and that we know what type of competition we're working with. Because right now, to me, as far as the, the new guys, Shamar Bridges, Isaiah Likely, obviously, Likely is obviously a lot. Shamar Bridges, I think he's definitely a strong candidate for that third or fourth receiver. Um, he's kind of almost locking that position up. Almost had the one game, but I'm not going to speak too soon. So we'll see see what he does in week two. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I like what I see. I, I just love the competition. So we, we, we'll see. We'll see how, how it drills down. But I'm, I'm just glad I'm not the one making those decisions. But I, I just want to see, you know, Shamar, even for whatever reason, if he if he doesn't have as good of a game as next week, I still want to see him get another opportunity in the third week. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think you, you made good points there. Like, you know, um, Shamar Bridges, I think it definitely at least has earned the right to at least if to be the third guy, I think, on the depth chart right now for wide receivers for the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens haven't really they 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 there was uh, on uh, the other guys uh, on um, that we do the show with. Uh, um, uh, Nitty Gritty talked about in their, their episode. They were. Um, Talked about how like the the list the, the long list of tall wide receivers the Ravens have had over the last I don't know just the last ten years and how they not like a lot of them have never hit and it would be nice if to have a guy that's over six four six five like that like Shamar Bridges that could just take the top off a of defense like he he doesn't necessarily have to be a deep threat but a guy that you can just throw the ball and hey he has that that range to catch the right. football you know. It gives a gives a quarterback a lot more confidence in getting the ball to to his space because he knows he's going to come down with it, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, look, I think I I, wa- I don't want to get down on myself by saying, look, there's a lot of guys that are unproven on this wide receiver core, especially Roger Shaw Bateman. You know, people forget. You know, remember last year? You know, he got hurt for most of the season, um, and he he showed out in the games that when he did was able to play, he did show out. So there's a lot of potential there. But even him, he's still very unproven. You know, he's going to have to start the yeah. season with uh, he's got a lot on his plate being the, the number one guy, you know, is going to have a lot of expectations on him. But, you know, guys like Prochet and DuVernay and if Wallace comes back and, you know, whoever they decide to keep it four and five, there's a lot of improving guys. But I think there's seems to be some camaraderie around that, at least around the offense. Right. There's a lot of unproven guys. Right. Likely, mm-hmm. even though he's had a good preseason, once the season starts, if he continues to have a good preseason, there's like expectations on him. J.K. Dobbins was out all of last year. You know, when he came in, it wasn't until, what, week eight, week nine of 20, was that 2020 when he came yeah. in? You know, after we've been screaming at the TV for John Harbaugh, why is why is Mark Ingram starting this football game? You pick yeah. him on the bench. Like, what are you doing? Like, come <laughs> on. So he's still got a lot to prove. You know, he's got a lot to prove to himself by he's going to be starting. This will be, you know, his first year actually starting as running back for the Ravens. Um, So, I mean, it's there's a lot of a lot of guys on that offense having to exceed or meet expectations that they that were placed upon them over the last two years. Lamar is going to have to rebound and, you know, getting hurt last year and then guys getting hurt on the offense and defense and the, the, the season sputtering to a halt when he got hurt and the contract coming up. So there's a, there's a lot of, if anything, motivation 
right, right. on the offensive side of the football defense. They seem to kind of got they got a new defensive coordinator. A lot of their guys are back. Uh, a lot of the guys that they had that played well last year are back and playing better already in pre in camp and preseason. So I think the defense will be fine. Right. But the offense, I think, if anything else, meeting expectations and just having that chip. You know, if, if I'm in that, if I'm the offensive coordinator and we're in that film room, you know, getting ready for week one, getting ready for the rest of the season. You know, my mindset is telling the guys like, look, man, every single guy in this room has to has a chip on their shoulder. I know, Mark Andrews, you had your career year last year, but a lot of people still still don't think you're the best tight end in the league. You know, J.K., yep. Gus, the Robert running back room like you guys got a lot to prove because you guys didn't get a chance to prove that last year. After everybody putting the expectations of what this offense was going to look like last year with a healthy Gus and healthy J.K., Right. And Isaiah Likely, you're coming in, and then you are a third or fourth round draft pick. You weren't even the first tight end selected for the Ravens. You're the second guy. So you got a lot of expectations. <laughs> and the wide, like I said, the wide receiver room. So if anything else, they can rally around each other saying, like, look, I know a lot of a lot of people, fantasy draft owners, NFL executives, whatever you want to everybody is counting us out. Everybody yep. is not. Everybody's kind of. Everybody's looking at the, the J.K. and Gus and saying, "Well, they're coming off these leg injuries. I don't think they're going to be, be as effective as they would have been last year if they were healthy." So there's there's a lot of like, you know what? We got to go out here and show out, kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. So if anything I else, I think the Ravens' offense, if they rally around anything, it's just that chip on the shoulder and meeting their expect meeting their expectations. And forget about what everybody, all the outside noise. Forget about what the media is saying, even what the, the local media is saying. Just go out there, play football, and, you know, we'll see what comes. But the Ravens got yeah. the, the Cardinals this Sunday. So um, I'm not sure if Kyler is playing. I don't think Kyler. I think Kyler is playing. Yeah, I haven't heard anything yet. Yeah, I, I know Lamar is not playing, but I, don't, I yeah. think they haven't said anything about Kyler yet. Um, so I think he's playing. So we'll we'll see. Um, I'm sure Hollywood will be there. <laughs> so um, you know him and Lamar can hang out if they're you know hang out on a weekend or something in Arizona. Show them the new new areas to hang out in. You know, in in, in, in uh, the highway. Yeah, stay off the state. Don't don't just <laughs> get get a limo. Just get a driver for the weekend, and y'all can just hang out. Don't don't there drive. You go. Don't yep. don't get a driver for the weekend. And y'all can hang out in Arizona, whatever. I forget where they well, play. Well, see, that's the well, see, that's the problem. Hollywood's always been used to Lamar picking him up for everything. What was it? Yeah, that's true. Around? Right, he's got to drive himself. Right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe Lamar already knew. Like, nah, man, I'll drive. I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll drive. <laughs> we or I already know how you are, man. Let me drive. Let me drive. <laughs> I got like, this. <laughs> so now he's got to drive by himself. He's getting he's getting DUIs now. So it's like he, Lamar already knew. Like, let me save you from yourself. I'll drive. I'll drive you everywhere, man. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So look, look, we'll we'll you know we'll we'll talk about this you know this uh, preseason game. I expect this to be the like you said the most uh, contentious one as far as trying to get spots because this I think this week coming up is the last full week of training camp. So they will be going through getting ready for practice like for week one after that after this after this game. They're, they'll pretty much be in week one mode. So yeah. they're, they'll be ready to go. So um, they're going to have to cut the roster down. I think they're already down to 85 or whatever, 85 players now. So I think after the, after this game, they'll be roughly down to 
within the 60s or something like that. It'll roughly be down to their number by the time they get the week to, the, to that third week, so that third game. So, um, thanks everybody for listening for this week. Hold this season. Hopefully, uh, the Ravens we listed and Shamar Bridges, uh, Dafe and Falele and Travis Jones, those guys that we need to see, you know, continue to have good weeks this week. And um, we're going to expect we're expecting a lot of out of a lot of out of our young guys. I think this season more than anything um, to have good years this year. So there's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns, especially with Mike McDonald being the new defensive coordinator. How that defense will look once the season really starts. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of the Ravens are hoping to win the division this year. And possibly more. And I know Lamar is banking on that and possibly getting to at least Super Bowl <laughs> this year yeah. for his contract negotiations. So there's a lot riding on this season. And we, as we get closer, uh, we'll find out what happens. But anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening, Trey. Thanks for coming on as usual. Of and um, we'll catch you guys uh, next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.